Hi, this is uh, Tony Talata. Welcome to a new series called the Sci-Fi Talk Blab. This is episode number one, and this is recorded from our weekly blabs that I'm starting on the new social media channel, Blab, uh, blab.im. It's a really cool site, and I had my first sci-fi chat, and we had uh, quite a few people show up. So it's based on uh, what I'm talking about in the news and also what people want to hear that are in the room with me. So uh, it's definitely something you'll want to check out at, at blab.im. So that's some place to go. So let's get to the episode right now. I'm Tony Talato. I'm with Sci-Fi Talk and SciFiTalk.com. And I'm also part of the Geek Initiative. I'll talk a little bit about that. But really, this is more of a um, kind of an informal thing. I, I want to try to do at least once a week. Uh, today is my production day. Uh, I'm actually going to be working on the Everything Geek video cast. I'll go up on my YouTube channel once I'm done here. I've already uh, kind of edited a little interview that I did at Comic-Con in New York here uh, with Jason O'Mara of uh, Batman uh, Bad Blood, and that'll be running on the show. So pretty happy with that. And uh, so just to tell you a little bit about me in case you don't know me uh, and my uh, Twitter followers, uh, you know, kind of know me. Um, I kind of uh, tweet about news that's going on. A lot of it is from my blog. It's a, a curated blog. And uh, what it is, is that uh, I essentially uh, get sources from all over the internet on sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. And what I do is I reblog those on my blog so that people can go and see a whole bunch of different things uh, on my blog. So. I am taking questions, so uh, the way this this is a really neat setup where the way the queue is, the questions are on the left, and you know we'll talk about some things. Um, the big news so far this week is the casting of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is going to be playing Neenan on The Walking Dead. Uh, awesome! I think that's a, a great bit of casting. Now we've all seen Jeffrey play. Uh, really a variety of roles. We know he can play the father figure really well, and also he can play uh, the villain really well, as we've seen in the despicable character he played in Watchmen. Uh, so he, we know he can do both, and he can be charming as a rogue too. So I, uh, you know, I am, I am pretty pleased with that. Uh, somebody asked me about Stargate. Well, I've been talking to the Stargate people, actors, and you know, some of the creators, uh, actually, I just interviewed uh, Martin Garrow, who is the showrunner of Blindspot. And um, he uh, he's doing that show now, and it's very successful. He just got renewed. In addition, I've been uh, talking to Joe Malachi, who was a writer on Stargate. So here's where we're at with Stargate right now. It's pretty much a done deal. The sets were, uh, almost two years ago, were pretty much taken apart and destroyed, really. Uh, so there's no plans to do any more Stargate uh, on television or movies. Do I think there's a place for it with Hulu and also with Netflix? Most definitely. But, uh, but maybe like Star Trek, we had to kind of give it a little bit of a rest. And I think that's what we need to do now. Uh, and, you know, and, and then also the question is, what direction do they go in? Do they go more into the universe direction 
or do they kind of go back to the SG-1 direction? So that's, uh, that's a good question, but uh, I think we have a lot of Stargate to enjoy. I believe Netflix and Amazon have all the previous episodes, so uh, you certainly can, uh, can, can visit those. And just keep your ear to the grindstone and see if anything pops up. But rise of now, uh, you know, we just have a lot of good memories, but nothing to look forward to right now. Although with today's TV landscape, that could change every day. You know, it really can, so who knows. Another thing is, uh, just put it up on my blog. I got some new uh, X-Files uh, pictures and also uh, what they call ad art, which is advertising art. Uh, with Jillian and uh, and David, and in addition, what the cool thing is um, is that um, is that they also sent you like a little uh, ad art poster, and is with the uh, with the cigarette smoking man. So that's uh, that's that's cool. It's really cool. You know, as far as how long we're going to do this, uh, I figure we'll do this for a while and and see if more people pop on. There's only a few of us so far, but that's fine. You know, uh, I like an intimate group once in a while. And, you know, as this builds, we'll do more and more. Uh, you know, more and more people will join us, hopefully. Um, let's see. Um, well, uh, another thing is this weekend coming up on Sunday is the uh, the new series Into the Badlands is premiering. Uh, and it stars Daniel Wu, who is also one of the executive producers. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I ran a clip on my site of, uh, of an incredible martial arts uh, sequence. And on my Sci-Fi Talk Time Capsule podcast, you'll hear an interview I did with Daniel as part of a press conference that's available for you to listen to. And, uh, and you can just access my podcast either on my website or also you can also uh, subscribe via iTunes. And... Uh, I'll be actually in production tomorrow working on a podcast on Into the Badlands. And I'll have interviews with Daniel and also, uh, you know, some of the cast as well. So uh, uh, another question about Extant. Uh, you know, to be honest, I really haven't seen it. And I know right now Extant and Under the Dome were both canceled. Uh, both are available on uh, Amazon. I know Extant is, I haven't, maybe Under the Dome isn't, uh, but you know, I really haven't seen those. I'd like to see it. I mean, I love Halley's work and I would like to, you know, maybe binge watch it now that it's available there. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, it's, uh, it's a hard, uh, it, it's, it's hard to kind of comment on something I haven't seen, but it, I, I don't, you know, I, the, the cancellation of things, uh, it happens. Uh, those were the summer shows that, CBS wanted to kind of offset everyone. It just hasn't, um, it didn't, they didn't do the ratings they should have done. Maybe Under the Dome ran a little too long. I did see some episodes of that and I enjoyed it. Uh, the cast is, was first rate and the writing was good. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, Terra Nova, you mentioned that and uh, JT Van, and I'll tell you, uh, the thing about Terra Nova was this was my biggest complaint about Terra Nova. There weren't there weren't enough scenes with the dinosaurs, and I think the problem was economics. And the problem being that every time you have a CGI dinosaur on screen, it costs you money, 
And to do that for an episode, that would have really driven up their budget. So I don't think they could have done that, you know, for a whole year. So they had to concentrate on the characters. And I like some of them. Jason O'Mara is good in everything he's in. And, you know, some of the other actors were okay. It, I just really couldn't hook into the show. And I kept wanting to see more dinosaurs. So uh, sorry to say, you know, that one can be enjoyed and watched uh, on Netflix and on the internet. Welcome to all you just joining us. Uh, this is the first Sci-Fi Talk Lab. And as I said, I, I want to do this maybe on a weekly basis. Uh, right now, there's more of you here than I thought there would be. And, you know, I would, uh, if you have a webcam, I, you know, you can put you on too and talk and see what's on your mind. Uh, you know, we're talking, um, we're talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and podcasting and, and things like that. So uh, I want to make this as interactive as possible uh, with you. And I, you know, I'll, if you have a comments and, uh, and, and questions, I'll be more than happy to take them. And uh, thank you, Aziel. That's a nice, uh, he's following me or she's following me. And that's a very nice, uh, uh, what do they call that? Icon or, uh, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool picture. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of coming back to what I was covering here. Um, so, as I said, we have Daniel Wu's interview. Uh, there's a transcript of the press conference available on scifitalk.com that you could read where he discusses the show and and really the challenges of really putting together this martial arts series. I'm really looking forward to it. After talking to them at Comic-Con in New York here and also doing a phone interview with, uh, with him recently, I'm really psyched about that. Uh, really, really psyched. The, I, I don't know how many of you have seen the Warcraft trailer, but amazing. It's just really, really cool. Uh, CGI, I thought, was really pushed to a new level. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the movie. Uh, at uh, New York Comic Con, at the Weta booth, they had a lot of the armor there from Warcraft, the film, and it was just fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to go to New York Comic Con. On my YouTube channel, there is uh, a video of me walking the floor, and I shoot pretty much shot all the really good things that were there to uh, to see and uh, for New York Comic Con. So uh, if you want to see what it was like, uh, that's long gone now. And it's just, unless there's footage out there, there really isn't much else to see on New York Comic Con. But uh, but yeah, it's it, it, the trailer is amazing. And I really can't wait to uh, to see. JT Van, you're right. What it does exceptional work. And they've been doing it a long time now, really since the Lord of the Rings movies. And even before that, they actually created the weapons for uh, Richard Taylor's wonderful group for Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and also shot in New Zealand. And they've been doing great work ever since and always looking forward. Uh, Peter Jackson pioneered the, uh, the software that's being used all over. I even saw it in a commercial with Tom Brady, a quarterback of the New England Patriots, where essentially you can do huge crowd battles and things and have it and have the entire armies all CGI. It's really amazing what they can do. It's just it's just really amazing. So Warcraft trailer uh, and also uh, what's going on is um, is uh, of course Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Latest news is that ABC uh, 
we tape this on a we're live on a Wednesday and on Thursday uh, they will be airing a special sneak peek at Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, the TV spots are airing and um, you know it's it 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 looks great. Uh, the trailer's awesome. I mean we've talked about it on our latest Everything Geek, which is a, a bi-weekly uh, video program that we do myself, and I'll talk more about it a little later, my buddies at geeklegacy.com, The Full Bleed, and also uh, Rod Faulkner of uh, a great site called The Seventh Matrix. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, after that. Uh, JT Van, look, I mean, Weta is very competitive and very difficult to get into. And they really only hire really the best people. I don't know your work if you're, you know, a computer graphic artist or a computer artist uh, or a CG artist, but uh, it's hard. Uh, and you know, I guess you have to kind of throw your hat in the ring and see how it goes. But uh, I mean, that's that's a tough market to crack right now. Uh, and there's, uh, but it's also one that's in high demand. There's a lot of uh, of the demand for CGI artists based on how the movie industry is going. So uh, yeah. Oh, thanks for all the uh, all the high fives there. Uh, so an interesting film that I also want to discuss and kind of get your opinions on. It's called Nina Forever, and it adds a whole new meaning to the term menage a trois. It turns out this guy is dating a woman, and yet he is haunted by the ghost of his former girlfriend, who kind of joins them uh in bed all the time so uh, it's kind of a weird uh and interesting uh film so it's called nina forever and i believe it's going to be it's it's done the film festival circuit and i believe it's going to uh to be available in time for valentine's day uh you know in february so something to uh check out there i'm sure it'll be available on demand and so many other ways uh, so, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, just saw some really cool pictures uh, of uh, BlizzCon cosplay. Really neat stuff. Uh, and it looks great. It really does. And, and I'm looking forward uh, to seeing more cosplay stuff. I have some of it on my website. It's all over the internet. So, uh, you know, and, and for those that joined late, the big news, of course, is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which is all over the internet anyway, uh, just joined uh, the cast of The Walking Dead playing uh, Neenan, uh, one of the uh, comic's most vile villains. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with that character. He's uh, he's awesome. And I think it's going to be more awesome that he's joining the show. Other news, uh, Stephanie Meyer, uh, who, uh, of course, did the Twilight Saga, has signed with Hulu and is creating an original series Actually, it's based on Rooks, I think, which is one of her books. And uh, that's going to be uh, joining forces with Hulu there. And that looks really, really interesting as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly how they're going to approach it. Uh, if, uh, you know, someone asked me if uh, I'm a Claudia Black fan. I actually met her briefly. Uh, I was doing interviews for Farscape at the Sci-Fi headquarters. Uh, unfortunately, it was right near 9-11. They were there that weekend, and they ended up being stranded in New York. Uh, and I met her. Charming lady. Loved her on Stargate. Love her as an actress. Uh, she's just awesome. And uh, 
just really a very, very cool person. So yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. I love her work and loved her in uh, Pitch Black too. That was good, good work there too. Uh, I saw Spectre over the weekend and, um, and I, I loved it. Uh, a lot of the reviews have been negative and uh, I, I don't know why. To me, it is very much Bond and I love that everything is in place. M is in place, Money Penny and Q are in place. And they're not just window dressing, they're actually part of the plot. And Christoph Wolf, man, I'll tell you, he was awesome. I really liked it. And I really can't wait to, uh, to see more of, uh, of Bond. Uh, I, I think there was an article today that I reblogged. Where do they go from here? Well, James has more missions. You know, it's just that simple. He has more missions. And uh, it's it's just there's more for him to do. It's I think he's going to be uh, I think there's going to be plenty more missions. I'm not sure. I believe Daniel Craig is signed on for at least maybe uh, I think a few more a few more episodes or a few more movies. But I don't uh, I I don't know uh, other than beyond that what they're going to do. Uh, so you know we'll we'll see. Uh, but I really like him. And I think he's a great Bond. He's moved up to me. He's behind um, Sean Connery. So uh, really, really a good movie. I highly recommend it. Saw it in IMAX. Uh, it's not in 3D, uh, but I did enjoy it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Bond. The Bond opening at the beginning in Mexico City, quintessential. Really good stuff. Really, really liked it. So. Uh, JT Van, what series is she in? Is that something that's on the air now or is it coming up? If you can tell us, would be cool. So let me see. I'll, put, I'll type that in right now. Uh, which series? It's coming up, huh? Can you tell us which one it is? Yeah, I want to know. I want to know what she's doing. But I'm happy for her. I'm glad she's working. It's hard. Uh, when you do a sci-fi show, uh, it's difficult to uh, to get cast uh, in other series. It, it, it's really not easy. Uh, but she's done some good guest starring uh, roles uh, on Haven, if you recall. She did a nice job there. There's a, a video, uh, speaking of Bond, on my site of uh, all the James Bond gadgets. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing, all the gadgets. Yes, there is some repetition. The laser watch shows up uh, a lot, but you can see it, uh, you know, uh, on, you can see it on there. Welcome, Joe Wilson TV. Thanks for joining our little chat here. Uh, we're just kind of informally chatting about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics, and podcasting. And, you know, if anybody has a podcast that they're either listening to or, or producing, you know, kind of share it with us here. And, um, I mean, yeah, I guess we can... Um, Okay, so now I've actually opened the seat and people can, if they have a webcam, they can just join in as well. Uh, hey, thank you. Coffee. Oh, good. Coffee's a good thing. I've had my cup for today and uh, any more than that, and I'm, I'm toast. Just uh, too much caffeine, man. I could be bouncing off the walls here. So uh, what else we have to talk about? Oh, another movie that I think is a must-see film. Ex Machina. It is a really, really good film. 
Alex Garland has written some good movies in the past, and uh, I, I like that. I like some of the things that he's done. And he, uh, he, this is his directorial debut, and it's excellent. It's a really good film about artificial intelligence. And uh, it's really, uh, it's good. Oh, so you like bouncing off the walls, uh, Joe. Okay, that's cool. Bouncing could be good, it could be good. Just don't hit so hard against the walls sometimes, you know? So yeah, that's cool. But yeah, it's a great film, highly recommend it. And, uh, you know, it's something that I think we all, uh, should see. I, I saw it, didn't see it at the theaters. I did see it um, on uh, on demand, I believe is how we watched it. So good film, very good film. It's still on demand now. And I believe also I've seen it on Amazon Prime and I've also seen it on Netflix, I believe. So that's a really cool thing. So uh, yesterday I attended a press conference for this movie called Shelter with some people you probably, most of you probably know. Uh, it's uh, it's written and directed by Paul Bettany, who of course is the Vision and the voice of Jarvis on uh, Iron Man and also Vision, one of the new Avengers, who was actually Jarvis in a different life, you might say. But he directed and wrote this film. It's about homelessness, and it stars his wife Jennifer Connelly and also his fellow X Men or X Men, his fellow Avenger, and that is. Um, and also Anthony Mackie. And we had a, a nice little press conference yesterday, and I'll be get, hopefully getting the audio for that, and I will be able to uh, to share that on my podcast because they talk about some good things. It's a very serious issue. It's a very heart-wrenching story, and uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, really, really a, a, a good film. And I was very pleased. It's his directorial debut. And, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. I'm typing here, so excuse me, uh, kind of inviting you all in. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that comes out. I believe it comes out this Friday. They're doing a lot of press uh, lately uh, around, uh, you know, New York City, uh, where the film was shot. Uh, really good stuff. I'll tell you, the performance in this movie is Jennifer Connelly. She is just exceptional she really is good and and also anthony mackie you know it's it's so funny with egos and actors uh you can kind of take a step back and, and kind of play a role where you're, you're not in the forefront and, and if you don't let your ego get in the way you, you you know he gave such an understated performance and i really really enjoyed that uh, it's a really good film it's certainly not sci-fi but it has actors who have all appeared in a, at least one Marvel movie, although not together. Uh, and uh, but it's it's really cool. It's really worth uh, really worth uh, worth seeing. It's Shelter, and it'll be coming out, and I'm sure it'll be available on demand uh, for those to see. So uh, check that out. It's a, an issue that really we all should be thinking about. Uh, you know, no question. Uh, another event that I'll be attending next week. I'll be attending. Uh, a screening for Childhood's End uh, here in New York City, where I'm based, and uh, it's uh, it's we're going to screen this, the mini series, and then also the cast is going to be there for a Q and A. So uh, I maybe can get some audio, or maybe uh, you know some video with my uh, trusty uh, flip cam. Unfortunately, yesterday I was not allowed to shoot the uh, the press conference, so I couldn't do that. 
which is a shame. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, that's life. But you know, I'll hopefully get the audio, as I said, and we'll, uh, we'll get that. Uh, also, speaking in the, in the sci-fi channel vein, happy to hear Z Nation uh, was renewed for season three. They're in the middle of season two right now. And I hear some cool guest stars are coming up. It was, and if you saw the episode this year, uh, George R.R. R. Martin pl played a zombified version of himself. And what does he do as a zombie? But he signs, he's at a book signing, signing books, and he's still signing even though he's dead. And it really was George R.R. R. Martin. I thought that was awesome. And uh, I, I'm welcome, Abdo's, Abdo's Dreams. I like that. That's a nice handle. That's a really nice handle. So welcome. It's nice to have people joining in. And we'll just keep this going a little while longer. And, you know, we'll kind of go from here. Uh, you know, as long as people are around, uh, we'll, we'll do this for a while. Uh, yeah, it was. It's great. I'm happy for them. I've had a chance to interview those folks in the past, and I like the Z Nation show. Uh, it's a nice uh, compliment to The Walking Dead and Fear. Uh, so I really, I like that it is a, you know, something uh, something different. So I, it's it's more fun. It is a lot more fun. So uh, just to um, oh. You know something, uh, you know, JT Van just uh, just told me it's called Containment. It is out on, on the CW at New York Comic Con. I was um, I was uh, trying to get into that press room, but this, my schedule was so tight I couldn't do it. Uh, so, uh, you know, Joel, uh, I, I don't watch I don't watch the Venture Brothers. Uh, my my DVR is quite full these days, keeping up with everything. But I hear they're uh, they're cool, and um, I had a, a colleague of mine cover it, and I saw her in the in the roundtable room in uh, New York Comic Con. But I didn't get a chance to uh, to do any more with it. It's the difficult thing when I cover conventions like that uh, is that you have to make decisions based on where you can be, even though um, it's a lot. It, you know, it's it's. It, it, there's in San Diego when I cover San Diego Comic Con, I had the benefit of working within the Geek Initiative, where we all cover different things and we share our content, which we've done uh, in the past and did this year again. Uh, but in New York, I'm kind of limited to myself, so it's a little harder. Um, yeah, I, I got to give a plug for uh, two of my Geek Initiative buddies in a film they called called Nonstop to Comic Con. Uh, it's actually hopefully coming out on demand real soon. Uh, Phil Olson, welcome. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's essentially uh, these these geeks that are trying to get out to Comic Con. Uh, so uh, you know it, it's uh, it's a really fun uh, it's a really fun movie. Uh, there is a there is a, a girl in the movie, one of the actresses, who is my I thought for the. She has a strong resemblance to Felicity Smoke from, from Arrow. I couldn't believe the resemblance. So, uh, yeah, but it's a fun movie, and look for it. Nonstop to Comic-Con. Follow them on Twitter. Hi, PH1. Good to see you. Thanks for joining our little uh, sci-fi chat here. Um, so uh, what I was going to talk about also is uh, my podcast, Sci-Fi Talk. I have one that comes out. Bi-weekly. 
So this is a Wednesday, so I'm working on the Everything Geek video podcast today and doing some video editing and recording, which I'll be doing in a little bit. And in addition, uh, tomorrow will be my production day. And um, uh, yes, my podcast is on iTunes. You can catch it there. Just search for Sci-Fi Talk and I come right up. Uh, and also, uh, I'll be working on production tomorrow. Uh, I do a weekly podcast called Time Capsule, which I've done over 200 episodes so far. And uh, what that is, is uh, it's essentially like the news. Um, oh, great. I, I, hey, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I'll look you up. What's the name of your podcast, PH1? Please share. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, so anyway, tomorrow is my production day. I'll be virtual pizza. Hey, I like that. I love that. Is it pepperoni? I'm gonna, anyway, uh, tomorrow I'll be working on um, Time Capsule, which is my kind of like my magazine style interview podcast. And uh, hopefully I'll be featuring uh, some of the uh, shelter interviews that were the press conference that were done. Uh, in addition, uh, there'll be a little more on um, Into the Badlands. And then in addition to that, I'll also be doing, um, there'll be also, boy, I just had a brain freeze. Uh, so uh, in addition to Into the Badlands, I'll be doing more interviews that I've, uh, some more Batman Bad Blood interviews. I had Jason O'Mara last week. And on Monday's podcast will be my entire special on Into the Badlands. So, uh, hey, all right, sci-fi funk. Kind of a funky sci-fi. Now that avatar, that looks like a computer generated, right? Is that right? Is that a computer generated avatar? Ah. <laughs> oh, you evil genius here. Cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh yeah, sure. I, I'd love I swear that's why we're here. We're chatting about sci-fi. So I'll be doing that podcast wise. And um, oh, 3D animation. Cool, cool. All right, well, uh, yeah, let me bring you on and see what we got. Steve. Sci-fi yeah. talk. Hey, oh, I love the accent, dude. Yeah, we are coming to you <laughs> from England. All right, all right. Greetings across the pond here. Cool. So how long have you been doing the uh, the, the the graphics and the computer graphics? Uh, 2010. 2010. Wow, good for Solidly. you, man. I woke up one morning uh, late 2009, challenged myself to do 3D animation, and I'm still going. Wow, wow. What's the, what's the hardest thing about it? 3D animation, the start, because yeah. you suck at everything. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, and there's so much to learn in 3D animation, you know, and uh, you just got to yeah. stick with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's cool. So is there anything you want to plug that you're working on right now? Oh, hey, dream. Uh, yeah, so I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well, first of all, it's, it's great to connect with you. There's not many sci-fi chats on here. I'm going to follow you, and I'll be interested in Thank seeing you. what you're talking Thank about. You. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing this every week, and uh, I, I don't know if you heard, but I'll be uh, – I did a, a nice press conference yesterday for uh, a film called Shelter, directed by a former – a, a, a Brit as well, uh, Paul Bettany, of course, we all know. It's a really neat film on the homelessness. And then next week, uh, I believe it's Wednesday or Thursday, I'll be here in New York screening uh, Childhood Zen, and some of the cast will be there. So that'll be for a little Q&A, so that'll be cool. 
So I'm looking forward to both of those things. Oh, very good. So, yeah. So what's on your mind sci-fi wise? Oh, well, um, well, should I say briefly what I'm doing? Then you know where I'm coming from. Then I've got. Oh yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then I've got a ton of questions for you, and just kick me off when you've had enough. Sure, of sure. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're cool. You're okay, cool. so um, so since 2010, then I've been making this. Uh, I've, I'm a big, big. I mean, really big fan of Blade Runner. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it. When I saw that, oh, gone blurry. Must be the Blade Runner effect. Hey. There we go. Um, there you go. <laughs> When I saw that film, and by the way, I played the game before I saw the film. I missed the film first time oh, wow. round. Wow. Yeah, I played. Can you imagine this, sir? Sorry, I don't know your first name. Tony. 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 Can you imagine this, Tony? Um, 1996, I played the Blade Runner game, fell in love with it straight away. I thought, what is this? This is out of this world. Wow. And then I was at work and a fellow colleague said to me, oh, you know, that's a game of a film. I said, No. He said, yeah, yeah, they made a film called Blade Runner. I said, yeah. And, and, and can you imagine the joy of seeing the kind of, in those days, the graphics were a bit pixelated and then suddenly yes, seeing were. it, yeah, in, you know, full color and, oh. yeah. So that film uh, has inspired me. I wanted more, you see. So I've created my version of it. It's not Blade Runner, the story, it's a kind of futuristic dystopian world, 2064 AD. And if you want to see what it looks like, you just click on my name here on Blab and the shortened URL takes you to the sizzle reel of my web series. Oh, I will definitely. So it's a web series. Oh, yeah. well, I'll tell you who you have to contact. It's one of my colleagues, Rod, uh, Rod Faulkner. He has a site called the seventh Okay. And what Rod does is he reviews and points people in the direction of cool web series that are sci-fi related. So you guys should talk to each other. Oh, that's I'm writing that down. I'm definitely seventhmatrix.com. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He does. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, if I do this, some of my colleagues will join in, too, because they got some. We do a weekly, uh, a biweekly chat on YouTube called Everything Geek, and uh, he's on there. I mean, he has just turned me on to a whole plethora of great sci-fi series that you can watch and short films, too. Uh, really good stuff with some amazing animation. So I definitely will check out what you're doing and definitely contact Rod and tell him, Hey, I sent you. So he'll be, he'll be cool. Thank you. I'll, I'll do that. It seems I've just checked you out on Twitter. It seems already following you and have been for some time. So oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, so nice fine. to be followed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sci-fi. So, so what, I mean, I love all forms of sci-fi, but the one that really gets me is the cyberpunk dystopia, run down oh world, yeah you know yes 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 yeah i had a nice uh, conversation uh, with glenn hetrick who is one of the judges on face off and we we talked a little cyber uh cyberpunk steampunk and that was cool stuff it was fun oh speaking of blade runner um i i do have uh, a really good memory years ago i think it was 1998 i i'm on stage hosting a convention and one of the guests that i interviewed on stage was Brian James, who of course was the one of the replicants in Blade Runner. Okay. And uh, and the famous line "Time to Die." Yeah. That it, when he he improvised that line and Ridley let him keep it in. So uh, unfortunately, he's passed away. So those are the interviews that I, I treasure the ones where the people are no longer with us. But uh, he's an awesome artist and uh, great to revisit. I gotta ask you a question about Blade Runner. Yeah. Right. Original version or director's cut? Which one do you 
lean towards. You see, it, it doesn't really matter to me because I just want as much <laughs> of that world as possible. So yeah, piece yeah. them all together. I, I probably like the director's cut finish better, but um, uh, and, and actually the most modern version, the final cut, because that last yes, the scene, final cut. That's right. yeah, that last scene, the original version of that last scene, you know the story behind it, right? Where they'd completely run out of time. Yeah. It was four in the morning. Yeah. And it's rubbish, isn't it? But in the final cut, yeah. they've they've actually put a sci-fi background to it, and now you think, oh, finally, it looks realistic. Oh, okay. Well, one of the things I was happy about was they took out the narration. Yeah. Which I didn't really care for. It was, I guess, it was kind of channeling this Philip Marlowe kind of style to the film that really doesn't deserve. But uh, I, I mean, the film. Uh, it's so it's so funny. I saw a documentary. Uh, I think it was by the BBC. And I, it was so cool to hear Rutger Hauer recite the speech at the yeah, end. I saw it. Uh, on, on the documentary, it was like, I, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck, whatever I have left back there, stood up. It was really cool. And uh, But, yeah, it's really a great film. I remember years ago, before I started doing this, just really being impressed by the production design. Yeah. And uh, and I, I read all about it, uh, you know, the design of the spinners and uh, – you know, a Sid Mead, a great futurist, designed the spinners and really, really cool stuff. And uh, of course, Edward James almost was in it. It's 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 one of my, I, you know, it's hard to make a top 10, but I think that that one is creeping in there. The longer the years go by, that one kind of creeps in there. That, that Well, that's so, that just hit number one and it stayed there for me forever. I, I mean, hey, I'm not going to argue that. That's a hard one to say that doesn't belong. You know, at least in the top ten, maybe top five. So uh, I mean, hey, uh, that's that's a classic, and it just seems to get better with age. Now, no question. Can I ask you? Can I ask sure. you about you Blade Runner? Um, yeah. Again, feel free to change me as soon as I got boring on it. But no, 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 no. But Blade Runner, is it? Is it? Did, did you? Did the despair of the world touch you deeply in Blade Runner? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's the, uh, the 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 continuous acid rain, the fact that uh, everything was the advertisements were geared to get you off world, and pretty much the entire Earth was really uh, like a ghetto or uh, you know or a substandard neighborhood. That was very depressing. Yeah, uh, it, it's like we kind of used the planet up and just you know we said, well, we're done here. Let's go. Let's go somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, that was very, uh, that was, that was very, that affected me. Absolutely. How can it not? I mean, that's part of the strong visuals of the movie. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, uh, and you get this when you look at the director's uh, notes and the, the, you know, all the other things they say about it. There's a lot of those, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. They deliberately designed it so that it was technology uh, um, newer technology rebuilt on older technology this whole kind of decaying world where you could just see it was limping along and just oh that's so yeah. powerful isn't it well that's what star wars did so well uh, one of the things that george lucas wanted to do was to have a universe where that looked lived in rather than pristine like 2001 for example yeah. so that, that was the really cool thing and he you know he there there are dents in some of the spaceships and things like that and the same thing, uh, you know, like uh, Deckard's uh, kitchen yeah. looked lived in. It wasn't totally clean. Yeah. His apartment was, things were kind of all over the place. And 
I, I love that. Uh, that I, I forget the name of it. You probably know that thing where they tested you, the Von Kampf. Yeah, Von Kampf. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. And, and the performances were awesome. Uh, I actually met, uh, and, and I talked to him, another person who I met from, I met Mr. Tyrell himself at a convention. Okay. And we yeah. Did a yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was cool to talk to him about that part. And the irony was, uh, in the, I don't know if you've seen the series Mr. Robot, if it's available in the UK yet, mm. about hacking, which is a really good series, by the way. And uh, they, they are coming back this year. But it turns out one of the characters in the show is named Tyrell. And I was at the red carpet at Tribeca Film Festival, like I have been the last three or four years. And uh, I asked him, I said, are you aware of uh, of the Tyrell Corporation? And he goes, no, no, I didn't, you know, I didn't. Somebody told me, but I hadn't seen the, the movie. So so there is, a, there's a, I don't know if it's Blade Runner-ish. And that's the question I would ask the showrunner next time I run into him. So, yeah. Uh, another uh, PH1, humans. Yes, I did see humans. Uh, as a matter of fact, on Sci-Fi Talk, there is a podcast interview where I interviewed, I did a phone conference and interviewed all the cast uh, and including William Hurt. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was a phone press conference and he and I could have talked for an hour. I mean, I, we just, we just, it's one of those things where you connect with somebody you're talking to and uh, he is so cool. Oh, thank you for playing that. Thank you. But uh, but anyway, yeah, Humans is a great show, and uh, it's it's coming back, and I really liked it. It addresses some good things, and I, I've been impressed with Colin Morgan since Merlin, and his take on Merlin, and I think on this show he's even he is he's growing up and doing more adult roles, and uh, here here I've interviewed him a few times on on the phone and also at Comic-Con, and he's just a stand-up guy. And uh, all those people from Maryland were stand-up guys, but but I'm really happy for them. Humans is a show I'm pulling for. And as soon as AMC said, hey, you wanna be on this call? I jumped on it because, uh, I mean, to talk to an Oscar winner like that is uh, was a thrill of a lifetime for me. And uh, I have a lot of pinch me, pinch me moments in my job, <laughs> believe me, but uh, that's part of the fun of it. So I'm sorry if somebody mentioned uh, humans and i did have to address that because that's pretty cool absolutely so um uh, forgive me if i'm asking because i've only just come in i'm going to jump straight on um what's the thing that's exciting you about the future the next big production that you can't wait for well i think you know to uh there's two things but i think we're all excited about this is star wars the force awakens uh we're having here in the united states on abc tomorrow is going to be a preview of it uh I love J.J. Abrams, uh, you know, what he's done. And I, I like him as a boss because he is really cool and encouraging the people he works with to kind of do their own thing too. And a lot of them have. Uh, and the things he's produced on television speak for themselves. But he's a huge Star Wars fan, more than a Star Trek fan. And what I've seen, uh, this is something I've been really praying for for a long time. I just really thought that George Lucas, um, you know, should uh, should really be more of the executive producer, like he was in the last two movies of the original trilogy, and let some young directors, uh, you know, kind of tackle it. So I'm glad JJ's doing it, and I, I certainly hope some younger ones um, 
the director of, of uh, a film who I met at Comic-Con is directing the next one. And I'm really happy about that. Uh, so, uh, so there's some, Star Wars is in good hands now. And I think there'll be, uh, you know, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy running Lucasfilm is the excellent choice. She, you know, she's been working with Luke, with uh, Steven Spielberg at Amblin for years. And that's a film that excites me. And, you know, DC and Warners are banking on it. And, uh, but Batman versus Superman, uh, the, you know, the Dawn of Justice has got to be the, uh, the film I'm looking forward to and also have some trepidation about because if they get it wrong, hmm. the whole, uh, the whole thing is going to, you know, fall on its face. So, uh, but, you know, we're just getting very, you know, uh, P P PH1 said he's nervous. I'm a little nervous too, frankly, and, and I don't know how they're going to do with that, but. Uh, it, they are betting the farm on that, and uh, we'll, we'll see. But I uh, I have high hopes. I did see the costumes firsthand. If you had a chance to go to San Diego or New York Comic Con, you saw the costumes firsthand. There was some trepidation about the Wonder Woman costume, but frankly, it looks awesome. Batman's costume looks awesome. And of course, we've seen Superman's already in Man of Steel, but they made some refinements to it. So the costumes look great. Uh, from what I've seen, I, I think Ben's going to hit it out of the park. Uh, I think Henry's fine. Uh, for Wonder Woman, I expected her to be a little bit more buff and a little bit more Amazonian. But uh, but I'll uh, you know well, I haven't seen it, so uh, I've only seen what everybody else has seen. So we'll see how it goes. I, I hopefully we'll get stuff on. Um, from Warner Brothers, I have their press site, and as soon as the pictures are available, I'll post them. So those are the two things I'm looking forward to. It's television-wise, I'm looking forward to seeing the X-Files again, because when I started this, they were on the air, same time I started this as a, as a radio program. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's a, a lot of good TV right now here in the States, uh, and that's, that's worth watching. Uh, Blind Spot was a, a surprise to me. And I really like the show, uh, and that's worth watching as well. The actors are fantastic, and it's well written, run by a former Stargate uh, Martin Garrow alumni. So uh, yeah, Twin Peaks is coming back. The new Star Trek series, um, we'll see. Uh, certainly, Robert Kurtzman is somebody who can who can run, you know, who can run a series like that. Uh, and uh, you know, he Bob Orsi was really more the Trek fan. But uh, but those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. My DVR is very full. Let's just say that. <laughs> very full. So going back to Star Trek in the 90s, when you had yeah. the three TV series running, which one got you the most? Well, probably The Next Generation yeah. was the, the one. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because it was closer to the uh, to Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Uh, Gene Roddenberry's fingerprint, if you will, was on it. Yeah. So that's the one that I really liked. I have nothing against Voyager and nothing against Deep Space Nine. I've through the years I've met and interviewed these people and uh I mean their passion. Uh Rene Aubergenois is a very underrated actor, I think. You know, he's mostly known as a character actor, but I really enjoyed his work. And his work was really stellar on that show. Uh DS9 did some really good trek uh and really good stories. Um 
the the one where uh, where Cisco runs into an older an older version of Jake played by the wonderful Tony Todd is one of my favorites, and I really enjoyed that. The name escapes me. And Voyager, uh, Year of Hell, parts one and two, where Voyager's literally ripped to shreds, is one of my favorite episodes as well. So I can look at all the shows, and even Enterprise, uh, the whole Vulcan uh, sequence was really, really well done. So uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, to have Serac's uh, Katra inside Archer was a nice little uh, nice touch, too. It, the, I, I've been a Star Trek fan and I've been able to, I've been very lucky to have been interviewed at least one actor from every generation, including the late Leonard Nimoy back in 2009, I interviewed him. Oh, and, very uh, cool. And, and, I, and that interview is running to this day. And we talked about that pivotal scene where the two Spocks met in the first Star Trek film. So that was, uh, that was a blast. I really enjoyed and I'll, and I'll be honest, those are the kind of interviews that make me nervous when you're interviewing a childhood idol. But it was a great interview. We laughed and, and we talked Spock and we talked, you know, just where his mind was at. And uh, it was one of the treasures of my life to be able to talk to him. I'll never forget it. It's really amazing. So. Did you like the, um, now comes, is it a DS9 episode or is it a start of the trouble with Tribbles? Is it called that one? Do you remember that one? Well, yeah, where they revisited yeah. the triple episode. Yeah. I thought that was extremely clever. Yeah. It was in, it was done for Star Trek's 20th anniversary, and God, we're approaching the 50th. My God, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun episode, and um, and how they worked in the new cast with uh, with the existing footage was awesome. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that, that's the beauty of today's technology. Well, we have a lot of people in here right now. Yeah. We're approaching almost 50. I think that's awesome. Is it? And I'm really, this is my first one. And I'll actually be doing one. I'm doing one a little later in the day at four o'clock Eastern to kind of for the West Coast folks a little bit too. And, uh, you know, I didn't know how this one would go, but I have been more than pleased. And I think I'll do this on a weekly basis and really want to thank all your enthusiasms and, uh, and you too, Steve, for joining. And, you know, there's, there's room to join people. So there's an open seat folks if you have a webcam and you just want to join our conversation i had an agenda just in case and we hit 50 that's awesome uh but i i, I love being diverted and talking about what people are passionate about and love hearing about your blade runner uh stuff that's great that's i, I can't wait to see what your series looks like too it's going to be cool i would really value your opinion especially somebody that's clearly sure. been around the genre for so long and ex understands it you know I'm 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 very encouraging and not discouraging. Cool. You know, I, I I don't like to discourage creativity. I think that's a very wrong thing to do. And there's just too many people criticizing, and now people not enough people coaching and critic and, and encouraging people to do their best work. So very very cool. Anything else on your mind? Um, I don't want to hog the floor, but the other one that I wouldn't mind discussing yeah, with cool. you is um, Minority Report. Is that uh, up there in your favorites? Well, uh, the, the film I, I liked. Uh, the television series has, has it's in trouble. And uh, actually, on one of our Everything Geeks, you'll see my interviews that I did with the cast. And you just search Everything Geek on YouTube, and you'll see all our episodes. Uh, I'm joined by a great bunch of guys. And uh, I, you know, really, uh, I hope once I tell them about this one, I'm going to hope 
I'll get them to pop on on occasion and say hello, uh, which would be awesome. So if a lot of you are my Twitter followers, thank you for following me. Some of you have been following me for years, and I love you for that. It just, you know, when I have days where it's hard to get going, it's great to see the comments that I get every day on a daily basis. So I'm totally happy about that. So thank you. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's in trouble uh, as far as ratings right now. Uh, there has been talk about cancellation of the series for a while. Uh, I actually searched it today to find out if it was official because yesterday at a press day for uh, Shelter, they were talking about it and some of the other reporters were saying that they heard it was canceled. I have no official confirmation right now as to whether it is canceled or not canceled. Uh, so, you know, we'll wait and see. Excuse me. Fox has not said anything right now. But I know that the ratings are not pleasing to them. Well, uh, but the good news for me is, I mean, I'm living in in England, and I'm not. Sh I didn't even know that there was a TV series. So, how many? Yes, how many series is. have I missed? Did it go one series, two series? Uh, well, they're they're still in the first season. Okay. Uh, you know, like I, they just aired in the fall, and they're 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 kind of struggling. So I don't know if they're going to survive. Uh, you know, they're you know, they're not going to make the cut. Uh, you know, as as I don't know if you get Extant and also uh, Under the Dome. Those have been canceled by CBS. Those were the summer shows that were airing here, and those will not be back. Okay. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, just want to give a shout out to I Want a Speaker. He's, he's just doing a drive-by, so I'm just going to wave to him, wave, waving uh, to you from New York Cindy. or wherever you are. It's Cindy, by so the way. Nice. Oh, is that Cindy? Yeah, Cindy. Oh, okay. Well, hi, Cindy. <laughs> and uh, thank you. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for flying by. Uh, but yeah, uh, I like the movie and what I, what was interesting, I don't know if you know this, but when uh, years ago I ran interviews about this where, where Steven Spielberg uh, essentially, they, they got a hotel room and got together all these scientific minds to kind of do a think tank about what the future would be like in 50 years from that time. Perfect. And they came up with things. And one of the things they came up with, it's in the film, is essentially that stick that causes you to vomit. Really? And uh, there's actually a prototype of that right now that they're, that they're working on for police uh, and probably the military. So they had this think tank and they all got together and they, you know, they postulated and they kind of recorded it. And then like they played the recordings and then they kind of picked and choose what they were gonna use for the film. So they tried to make it as scientifically as plausible as possible. So, uh, yeah, that's another little another fact I heard uh, or know about uh, Minority Report. Well, see, it's definitely a film worth seeing. And I, it's also going the rounds of uh, Amazon Prime and also Netflix that are worth picking up and watching. So, so it's a good film. See, to me, that's when sci-fi becomes exciting. And I know Star Trek do that as well, don't they? You consult your futurologists, yeah. you see what's in theory possible, and then you create yeah. something around it. Now it has a real sense of um, reality about it, and 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 you know a number of these things have come true from the original Matrix yeah. series, for example. Yes, I mean our flip our, our our phones that we use, we can thank the original communicator for. And actually, when the series was on the air, the Navy was interested in using the uh, the way the bridge the, the way the bridge panels were laid out. And like in a circular, like half circle, they were actually interested in using that for their ships. I don't know if they ever did, but uh, that, that was true. They actually visited the original series on that. 
Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, great Star Trek that's being done that's not quote unquote official, uh, you know, with mixed results. And, uh, you know, I will say my only interpretation of it is some of the acting isn't that fantastic. But Star Trek The New Voyages has done some good work. What I liked about it the most is it's given some of the original cast a chance to uh, to flesh out their parts. And I, I do got to give a shout out for Star Trek Renegades, which is directed by uh, Tim Russ. And uh, I have seen Star Trek Continues, and I do, I do like their stuff too. Uh, but Star Trek Renegades deserves your love and support. Um, they are actually in a Kickstarter campaign, and they, I believe they almost have their first season already uh, already financed. But it's cool, and uh, I believe Walter Koenig is appearing in the first episode, and he said that is his last appearance as Pavel Chekhov, who's now an admiral, and over 100-something years old, too, by the way, and he's awesome. Over 100 people, God bless you all, thank you. But um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Renegades is worth. I, I have a two-part interview with Tim, and uh, he's a he's a really good uh, director. I really like his his style, and he's really the driving force behind this. And uh, and and if you if you're hungry for Trek, Star Trek Renegades is uh, is a, a decent series. There's some good acting in it and some familiar faces. Uh, it's good to see Tim Russ again as Tuvok. I always enjoy that. So. I recommend it. I hope uh, you check out the pilot. Uh, it's like a 90-minute pilot. It's available on YouTube. And I believe it's also, you can search for Star Trek Renegades and visit their website. So uh, a little Star Trek plug there, but that's some good stuff. So, because I remember seeing a series on YouTube, which is the, the acting, to be frank, was a little wooden, but it, um, yeah. is that what these are? These are all fan-based ones that have grown. Yeah, uh, essentially they're uh, Star Trek... Uh, Star Trek, the, the, the new voyages, uh, what happened was uh, this actor who, uh, who actually, uh, you know, Steve Cawley, he actually is an Elvis, uh, was an Elvis impersonator, believe it or not. So some of the early episodes, you see the mutton shops on Kirk were a little big. But anyway, he, uh, throughout the years, was in contact with Will T uh, William Tice, who uh, is the original costume designer on uh, Star Trek, the original series, and also consulted on Next Generation before Bob Blackman took over and did such a wonderful job. Uh, he also designed the uniforms for, uh, for some of the Star Trek movies Bob Blackman did. But anyway, he was in contact with him and got all the original uh, like patterns for the uniforms. So he had the uniforms made. Cool. And they actually built a replica of the Enterprise Bridge, the corridors in sickbay, and the briefing room in upstate New York. And uh, I, I tried to get in. I really wanted to. You got to sit in that command chair, you know? So, uh, so the closest I did was sitting in the Robica uh, 1701D uh, command chair at, at Comic-Con a couple of years ago. That was nice. But anyhow, they built this and they did their series. And uh, he got a lot of flack for his acting as Kirk. And some of it was deserved. And some of it was a little harsh, I thought. Mm. And then so he stepped down and they cast another actor uh, as Kirk. The cool thing about it is besides bringing some of the original actors, they've taken some of the Star Trek classic short stories, including one of my favorites called Mind Sifter, okay. where Kirk ends up in a 20th century insane asylum. 
because he was given the mind sifter by the Klingons, which is something that was hinted at in the first appearance of the Klingons. Does anybody know the episode that was in the original series? But uh, but anyway, it was hinted on by them. And uh, hi, Barry. How you doing? Uh, anyway, it was hinted uh, in that episode that they never used it, but they did use it in this uh, short story, and it was made into an episode and a halfway decent one at that. So, so, uh, so my question to you is, how much, yeah. knowing that you've got the kind of gravitas of some of the original episodes, if you like, yeah, uh, how much does the the uh, the craft in the writing overrides perhaps the lack of acting? Does it? Does that? Is it the plot that grabs you? The uh, the writing is decent in some cases. Uh, the cool thing is you've had people like DC Fontana who started as the story editor on the original series and uh, eventually was promoted, uh, you know, to, uh, I believe she's actually started as a secretary and then for Roddenberry. And then she, and then that's how you move your way up in the, uh, in writing, you become a story editor first and then you, you you polish scripts and then you uh, end up writing your own episode. Uh, or a lot of times you'll see that they will, um, you know, like do the story and then Gene would come in and rewrite it or, or make it more Star Trek. So anyhow, uh, she wrote some of the episodes and then some of the Star Trek writers uh, that have worked on Next Gen as well. Uh, and, you know, design wise, uh, I think on uh, Renegades, they just, uh, you know, hired uh, or Andy Probert who uh, drew a lot of designs for Next Generation uh, is designing some of the spacecraft on the show. And, uh, you know, that's, there's some cool stuff. It's, uh, I, I, I call these shows the semi-pro ball of Star Trek. Where, yeah. yeah. Where essentially you have, you know, for every amateur actor, you have a seasoned professional. I mean, you've got your Gary Grahams uh, involved and a lot of familiar Trek guest stars on it. So, I, I mean, you know, for there's a sentimental value to watching it for me so my critical eye kind of takes a back seat at times but some of the acting is a little amateurish and and kind of hard to to sit through you kind of wince occasionally but uh but you know for the most part it's good trek not sometimes they they're bordering on great trek but uh not there yet Not, not quite there well, you've encouraged me to check a few more out. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of Trek out there. There really, really is. And and fan films right now, uh, years ago, when I was much younger, uh, there was fan fiction, and there still is, where people write stories. But now people are really putting their money where their mouth is and producing these. And, you know, I got to ask, um, I got to I gotta give Paramount credit. They could really go jump on these people, but yet they encourage it. So the trivia question I ask is, what was the very first episode the Klingons appeared in on the original Star Trek series? Oh, wow. We have a, a, sec, a health blogger. We have a doctor in the house. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. Yeah, Dr. Doctor King. He's, a, he's, still, he's still rezzing in. But, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe he's got the answer. He might have the answer to that. I don't know. But anyhow, uh, yeah, it's uh, for those who might know that uh, you can figure that out. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I you know, it's uh, this is yeah for my my. It's saying that uh, two hundred eleven people. This is really overwhelming. 
for your first blab you got 44 oh, live at the moment God. i i'll be doing i'll be doing something uh i'll be doing something later on at four like i said for the for the four o'clock so dr king is having problems with his technology but i'll you know i'll keep him there for a bit see what he has to say uh what else is on your mind dude about sci-fi um well what did you make of lucas's first ever film and and the, i'm thinking now of the the remake you know they they touched it up didn't they D does that one grab you you mean thx 1138 that's the one. Oh, that was uh b before star wars um that was actually one of my one of my favorite films i, I thought it was uh actually that's the funny thing when he made the original star wars we lost a doctor when we when he made the original uh, Star Wars uh, film, they said, "What kind of films would you like to make, other than Star Wars?" And he said, "That's the kind of films he wanted to make." But unfortunately, Star Wars became such an empire he couldn't ignore it. Uh, yeah, you, you got to follow the money, you know, you really do. And uh, but you know, but I'm sure I'm, I'm teaching Granny to suck eggs, as we say in uh, England too. You know this already, <laughs> but just like for that. the benefit of the viewers, he did that on a a student kind of budget. He had no budget for that, did he? Well, here's the story on THX 1138. The version that it was released theatrically is not the student version. He made a oh. black and white version, short oh. film. And he showed that to um, to uh, to Francis Ford Coppola, who was also a, a friend. And Co Francis was putting together his studio. Uh, so what ended up happening was uh, Francis kind of uh, either, I don't, I think he produced it and made it possible for him to, um, to, uh, to, to make the film. And I believe it was, was it 20th Century Fox, I think, that did the film? Anyway, uh, they, they made the film and that got, kind of got Lucas noticed by people. And, uh, and the rest is uh, history. But I think it's a classic. It is. Um, there's, there's a lot of great moments in it. I think it's one of the purest science fiction films ever made, uh, and 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 it also fills what I say is uh, George Lucas's need for speed, because <laughs> he always seems to have something fast in those movies, and those those cars uh, were cool in that too. So, PH1, you got it, dude. Errand of Mercy from the original Star Trek episode with the Organians and the Organian peace treaty with the Klingons. That's that's the one, and that's where they mentioned the Mind Sifter. Uh, played by a great actor, uh, Kor, played by John Colicos, and who's unfortunately no longer with us. That's the sad part is watching a lot of these great Star Trek actors pass away, uh, losing Leonard this year. You know, it's I'm still not over that. That's that's uh, you know that's a, that's that's a shame. Uh -huh. You cheated. Ph <laughs> one cheated with Google, the Google <laughs> machine. That's not fair. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey, folks, if anybody out there has anything they want to talk about, I pretty much have thrown out my schedule, <laughs> but that's okay. I don't mind. I'm having a good time. Uh, and I, I, if I can encourage any of you to watch, and, and it's available as a podcast too, Everything Geek. We have a lot of episodes uh, available on YouTube, and I'm joined by uh, Tim Byers of the thefullbleed.net, a great site to visit, and the great guys at geeklegacy.com, in particular, Justin Cavender and the site I mentioned earlier, theseventhmatrix.com and Rod Faulkner. And we just talk sci-fi. And the cool thing is we are mixing interviews now. And so I'm working on this latest episode. We'll have 
uh, Jason O'Mara, who does uh, a great job voicing Batman and will do again in Batman Bad Blood, and also my red carpet interviews from the Dr. Horrible uh, at Paley Fest with uh, two of my favorite people, Nathan Fillion and also uh, Felicia Day, who is a web pioneer. So uh, just a little plug for myself there. But uh, so as far as your web series, Steve, when, yes, when is the first app going to be available for us to watch? Oh, you can see 16 of them already. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can That's binge awesome. watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how long is each episode? Uh, the average length is three minutes, but they vary a lot because it's all about just telling that bit of the story and then moving right. on. Now, how did you get your actors? Um, I played the lead role, so that saved a lot of money. That does save some money. And then, um, so I hired actors from, it was then called Odesk. Oh, okay. um, plus, I have some thespian friends. Oh, and, that uh, and I'm also very handy on the editing. I can actually change how somebody said something, so I can get the inflection that I want as well with quite a lot of work. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. You know, I, I have a, a really soft spot for anybody doing anything independent because it's so difficult. And I've been blessed to talk to a lot of, you know, really cool. Uh, there's a lot of cool sci-fi being done. And, you know, you're working in this world where you have to build so much and, and do your own thing. And I've been at Tribeca the last three years and talked to a lot of great independent uh, filmmakers. And actually, that's how I got to meet Katie Lotz, who's uh, you know, on the CW, of course, on Arrow, and now Legends of Tomorrow. And uh, there's a neat little film you should check out that she's in called The Machine. The Machine. Uh, yes. It's uh, it's really cool watching it. And uh, another film that is worth watching, uh, indie film called The Signal. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in it. And uh, it's a, I talked to the director a few years ago. And that's another good independent sci-fi film. It, I, Steve, I think it's the kind of sci-fi you would really like. And That was uh, my the, next question. What other dystopian films? And also, was THX, I call it THX1138, so I'm not right. saying it. That's right. Anyway. that's right. Oh, that is right. Okay. So um, was that the first dystopian film? Oh, no, no. Uh, really? I guess you can really go back to Metropolis. Uh, oh yeah yeah you know, i know all right then <laughs> apart from that i mean that's a hard watch i find that hard it's so well you know oh. there's a there's an easier watch a few years ago uh queen and some other artists um got together and i think it was in the 80s and they put a rock soundtrack behind it and i still it, remember and that was actually i i really loved the soundtrack they did and actually made the film more enjoyable but uh it also featured one of the first robots in there too so that was pretty cool but thx1138 kind of started off the modern dystopian yeah uh, i would say so i actually can go a little further back to yeah. uh planet of the apes in 1968 which was uh one year earlier yeah i mean uh, I, I think uh, thx came out in 71 so but yeah it was made in 69 though wasn't it uh it might have been made in 61 but then released in uh in in 71 yeah. Um, I mean, I remember seeing it when it was available on video and haven't seen it since then. I, I hope that it gets released on DVD. Uh, it's kind of due for that. Um, no, it is. It, it is. is available. And they've touched it up. You really oh, want good. to see that. Good. Oh, well, yeah. you know, Lucas will touch it up. No question about that. Um, some other people mentioned, uh, PH mentioned uh, Soylent Green. Yeah. Yes. Uh, great Charlton Heston. And uh, yeah, one of my uh 
favorite movies. And I think it features Edward G. Robinson's last on-screen moment. And he actually dies on that moment, which is cool. Logan's Run, uh, mixed feelings on that one. Uh, I, I love Jania Gutter, who was also, who was in then, of course, American Werewolf. Uh, mixed feelings, though. Uh, Michael York, I, 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 as an actor, I adore him. He's amazing. He's, he's a cool actor, and I, I just love everything he's in. But there was a lot of problems I had with it. I know the George Clayton Johnson, who wrote the original, uh, who wrote the screenplay, and I've actually talked to William Nolan, uh, who wrote the, the novel. Um, yeah, he wasn't too pleased with it. And there's some things I didn't like about it. Some of the effects were pretty poor. And the models were obviously models. Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody just pointed out Zardoz. Yeah, that's a tough watch. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's like this. That's like seventy sci-fi. It's in its own category. Um, you know, it was kind of like a hangover from the sixties. You know, <laughs> it really was. Mm, yeah. So uh, we got a lot of. If you want a dystopian, you just kind of search a lot of the seventies films, and you'll find them there. You know, it really is. It's it's a really strange time. But I, I think there's some good stuff being done now that I really like. And my favorite sci-fi right now is being done on the independent level. Which is? You know, the, the, some of the films I've mentioned. Um, okay. And there's, there's too many uh, to, to go into it. We might just do a whole one of these just on independent sci-fi and what I love and what I think you guys should all be seeing. Uh, so, because there's a lot. There's a lot out there. Um, and if you're in New York, uh, you definitely should check out the midnight shows at Tribeca Film Festival. They are uh, they they are there's some really cool films, a lot of familiar faces that you'll see in these films. But they're doing these projects not for the money but for the script. They just really like the script, so uh, highly recommend uh, that you do that. So I think I'm going to wrap it up in a few here because I have one at four and I got to get to editing soon. <laughs> so. There's always something to do for me, but uh, I'm like totally overwhelmed on my first one with all these people here and everyone's been so cool. And so, uh, you know, everybody's joined in and a real pleasure to have you two, uh, two here, Steve. Tony, I think you're going to be a big hit on Blab and I feel privileged to be part of your first one. So uh, I shall be following you with great interest. Well, I hope uh, I, I definitely will look at yours, uh, your, your project and uh, and let you know what I think. And uh, I, I hope to see you back here joining me again. And hopefully some other you folks, uh, I mean, webcams now uh, are less than a hundred bucks. I mean, they're really cheap. And you just plug it into your USB drive and here you are. This is, what I'm using is an HD one. So I mean, you know, hey, you know, uh, my lighting isn't the best. I'll have to kind of work with what I got here. But, uh, but yeah, actually uh, I'm in my apartment. And if I could, if I would open it up, you would see uh, 54th Street behind me there, cool. <laughs> but uh, but anyhow, I'm actually moving in a couple of weeks, so uh, I'm going to be going to downtown. So I'm looking forward to that. It's a it's a, a better venue, so I'll be doing them from there. But I think I I think after this interesting debut, I want to do these on a weekly basis, and Wednesday is a good day for me to do it. Otherwise, I'm I'm busy unless I uh, I have events. Uh, now, if I have, I have to recheck about the sci-fi screening, although it's at night, so I think it should be okay. But I'll report back and let you know the things I run into and what's going on. And I will have, uh, I'm doing a phone conference next week. There's a new series that Eli Roth executive produced um, called South to Hell, I believe is the name of it. 
and I'll be interviewing uh, along with other reporters. It's not a one-on-one -on -one with uh, one of the actors on the series, and we'll be doing a phone interview. And ironically, it's set in Charleston, South Carolina. And the irony is, is uh, my wife and I <laughs> are retiring there eventually. So <laughs> not anytime soon, but that's where we're going to settle because we, we love the area. So, but um, I'll report back on that. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to, in, in, as they improve this, be able to play some audio here and there, which would be nice to kind of, uh, you know, a little blitz and bur uh, little blurbs and things. Um, let me see if there's anything else before I leave. Um, yes, yes, Barry, Stella, I think Wednesdays are a good day for me. And I think this is a good time also, like about 11. Uh, maybe I'll start it at noon next time because they seem to have a lot more people come in later. But uh, but I think Wednesdays are good. And I'll reschedule one as soon as I get done here for next week. Because uh, I think this is a, a really cool thing. And uh, I mean, this is... I'm blown away. I'm just, you know, I'm just really blown away by all of you uh, joining in. And uh, I was surprised there weren't a lot more sci-fi stuff on here. It's really a shame. Um, Fill that gap, man. You're going to be a yeah. star. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, anyhow, um, I wanted, there's one thing I wanted to mention. Um, yep. So thegeekinitiative.com is a good website to visit because it includes not only stuff from my blogs, but also member blogs on well as well. And there's some good stuff on there. Uh, no, no question about that. Um, two things I want to mention. The, there, Fox has a Frankenstein drama, essentially, uh, that was going to start next year. And it's now has a new name called Second Chance. <laughs> so uh, it's a story of a sheriff who is, uh, I think, in his 70s, and he gets killed. And they pulled the Frankenstein on him, and he ends up in the body of a younger guy. And uh, he, his consciousness kind of runs the body. And uh, it's going to be airing on Fox probably as a replacement series. Uh, I have no information, but if Minority Report flops, that could be the one that replaces it. Uh, happy to hear that American Horror Story has been renewed for another season, as is The Walking Dead. They'll be doing season seven. Awesome. And um, and if I can plug, uh, Walking Dead Sessions are a podcast that I recorded at the roundtables the last two years. Uh, and uh, I have this so far this year, I have on season six, I have three episodes running, uh, include the cast interviews. And I'm working on the last episode of the for season six will be with Lenny James, uh, who, I, who I had a chance to talk to with other reporters at San Diego Comic Con. Another story that I just want to mention is, um, you know, there's a Flash movie being planned. Uh, so it's no surprise that the Flash movies and TV series will be separate. They will not be together. Uh, separate universes. I heard another quote-unquote rumor that, uh, thank you, Barry, for the URL there. I appreciate that. Um, but another rumor that the Flash is going to get kind of an armored costume, uh, I guess sort of like Batman a little bit, something that can hold it to the super speed, I would think. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. You hear a lot of different things, and some of it you take with a grain of salt. Uh, and also, uh, 
recently at a trade show, Charles Roven, who's the producer of Batman versus Superman, was interviewed and he said that um, uh, it's possible that you could expect a director's cut of Batman versus Superman coming out as well. So uh, we'll see. Oh, another fun fact about Batman versus Superman. Uh, Jay Oliva, who is a rising director in DC animation, uh, he directed Batman Bad Blood, by the way, that's coming out next year. And uh, he also worked on the storyboard for the fight sequences with Zack Snyder for uh, Man of Steel. So I, at New York Comic Con, I asked, I said, so Jay, did you, did you come back to work with Zack? And he goes, yes. And I said, okay, in the trailer, because we've all seen it, when Bat, when Superman rips off, rips the, uh, you know, the, 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 essentially part of the Batmobile aside, was that one of yours? And he goes, yeah, that was one of mine. So, <laughs> so yeah, he, uh, he did a lot of great stuff with the, the, especially the final fight scene between Zod and Superman and Man of Steel. And I believe also the Smallville sequences too, when you, they were facing all the criminals and stuff. Uh, so, all right, uh, it's 12.20 Eastern time here. What time is it there, by the way? I know you're like six hours ahead, right? Yes, 5.20 in the afternoon. 5.20 yeah. in the afternoon. That yeah. was past tea time. What a shame. <laughs> yes, getting, getting hungry now. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I love those pubs. My wife and I always talk about going. She lived in London a while, so uh, she loved it and, and has a special place in her heart for it, as do I. A lot of nice experiences there, and I want to revisit it including a nice uh, trip to Stratford-on-Avon many years ago. And that was meaningful for me because uh, of, uh, of I love Shakespeare and I uh, always loved that Roddenberry did too and incorporated in start, the original Star Trek all the time, including naming one episode after Shakespeare and the Shakespearean title. So that's cool. It's a special place, Stratford-upon-Avon. It sure. really is. It yeah. absolutely is. No question. Well, thank you, Steve. And thank you all for uh, tuning in. And Steve, uh, give your URL real quick for your site. Yep. Uh, just let me click. You can click on my name, but I'll post the URL. Thanks for that, Tony. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm just posting it now. I'm going to watch it myself. I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. Since I'm done here, before I got to go back to work. That's the sizzle reel. Then it takes you into the playlist. Watch all the way up to episode 16. I'm working on 17 from tomorrow. Wow. So how long does it take you to do an app? Well, um, <clears throat> there's a ton of prep work, but now that prep work's done, I can knock them out in about one month each. But don't wow. forget, I'm doing this alone, and usually wow. teams of people doing stuff. So it's yeah, cool. yeah, that's independent filmmaking, friends. It's yeah. not easy. <laughs> not easy. It's not easy, and uh, you become a, you become an auteur really easily <laughs> when you do it all yourself. You know, although I I do the bulk of my work on my own too, so I know how that feels. But nothing as uh, as tedious as making an episode of anything, that would be even harder. Oh, man. Oof. Yeah, but the, the desire to see the thing completed spurs yeah. you on. And yeah, like, it does. It really does. You know, totally I can't understand. let go and I won't let go. <laughs> no, don't, don't. It's, it's a form of expression and you have to express yourself. That's the exactly. way I look at it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you all. I, I think I just clicked this, the, the X button on the top and we're out of here. Uh, uh, stop the recording first, I would. Oh, yeah, let, me, let me do that. Otherwise, there'll be a, a rude awakening. So thank you all for stopping by. In total, all 235 of you, I am blown away by it. And our, our special guest, Steve Payne, uh, who has a great Blade Runner uh, series that we're all looking forward to watching. I encourage you to all see it. 
And I will see you all here. I'll be here later on today for Eastern time for the left coast folks. And, uh, but I think next week I'll just do uh, just one on uh, Wednesday. So thank you again, folks. And uh, what a pleasure it's been. And, uh, you know, Greetings to you across the pond. Thanks for listening to episode number one of the Sci-Fi Talk Blab. It'll be more coming up each week on Wednesday. Until next time, this is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.